This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. out your own salvation, not your little daughter, not your son, not your mother, not Aunt Susie, your own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Don't drift away. It's not saying work towards salvation, you're saved. But there is your part in this relationship. There is your part in this relationship, drifting away. There are warnings, and there's a reason why there's warning, is because we can drift away. When's the last time you noticed how close or far away from Christ you've become? Think back to when you were first saved. You couldn't get enough of time spent in worship in the Word. You were in church every time the doors were open, and you would tell your story to anyone who would listen. How does that stack up against your current state? In today's message, Pastor Eddie will help you check how far you've drifted. Well... Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 as he continues his message, Do Not Neglect Salvation. Is there a Christian here born again that does not sin? I'm glad you didn't raise your hand. Because <laughs> number one, you're just sick because you're a liar. <laughs> but we fail. But, you know, we come to Christ. And First John chapter 1 tells us if we sin, we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive. But there is judgment. There is judgment. If, you, if a sin is committed, then there will be the reward of those who sin. Verse 3, he goes on to say, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? He's talking to Christian Jews. Listen, we had the oracles. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. Now we have Christ. How can we escape the wrath of God? We used to be stoned if we broke the law. They used to be stoned to death. Come during the times before Christ, Rome have taken the Jews' right to stone anyone who sinned. They couldn't stone, they couldn't take the life of anyone. And that's why, you remember when Jesus was in Jerusalem and the Pharisee, all of a sudden, took this woman and threw this woman at his feet. And said, we caught this woman at the very act of adultery. And I got a question, how do you know where to find her? Nonetheless, they said, now Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Now they thought they were going to trap Jesus. Because if Jesus would have stoned this woman, he would follow the law, but he would break Caesar's law. He would be arrested. And if he didn't stone her, then he's going against the law. But Jesus, you can't outsmart Jesus. He wrote the law. He said, he without sin cast the first stone. And all you heard was boom, boom, boom. Rocks falling from the hands of those who were bringing conviction of this woman. They all dropped their stones and left. And Jesus tells this woman, 
woman, where are your accusers? And he said, they're not here. He says, neither do I. Neither do I accuse you. Jesus had every right to throw the first stone because he was without sin. But Jesus did not condemn him. That's why in John 3, 17, Christ did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. And so the law, that was the law. So now the law is passed. How can we neglect so great a salvation? The Old Testament transgression descends where they broke the law, they will be stoned. But you notice what the writer says here. The writer includes himself. You see the plural pronouns. We're going to see them, uh, you know, five times in just four verses. He says, we, we, we. And he's not speaking French. He's just saying, we. He is including himself in this. If, how can I escape so great a salvation? We found the Messiah. We found the truth. He's the fulfillment of the prophecies. How can we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation. And what is this escape? Escape from what? Escape from the wrath of God. A moment a child is born. Subject to the wrath of God. You say wait a minute. No because we're born into sin. A child is born into sin. But it's the grace of God. They're not the age of accountability. They will be judged righteously. God is a righteous judge. That's why the Jews have the bar mitzvah. Because the, you know, the, the, the parents would say, oy vey, oy vey, for the first 13 years. But after that, it's time for the bar mitzvah. Oh, no, no, no longer. He's responsible for his own salvation. He's 13 years old. He's a man now. He needs to answer to God for his own sin. How can we escape this wrath of God? We all were subject to the wrath of God. Before the cross, before you accepted Jesus Christ, you were subject to the wrath of God. The wrath of God that we saw at the cross when Jesus said, Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way that man can be saved? Is there any other way that we could be one with man? There is no other way. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done, not mine. And he went to the cross. And he took on the wrath of God. The wrath that you and I deserve. The wrath of God. And he went onto the cross. The sins of the world were upon him. And never ever before has the father and son ever been separated. They're not subject to time. So when we say beginning, we have a client. We're subject to time. We have a beginning and an end. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're not subject to time. We cannot comprehend a mind around this. But thinking the fact that they don't ha- they're not subject to time, they never were separated. But because of your sin and my sin, we separated the Father, God the Father and God the Son because of our sins. That's why he cried out, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Never, because he took on the wrath that you and I deserve. It is the wrath of God. And Jesus took the wrath of God so that we would not take the wrath of God. So that we, when we die, we will be in the presence of God, have eternal life, not in eternal damnation. 
Sometimes the world, the skeptics would say, well, what kind of God do you serve that send people to hell? The question is not the right question. The question assumes God sends people to hell. People send themselves to hell. What do you mean? Yes. Christ came to save you, died on the cross, paid for your sins, took your place, took the wrath of God so that you won't go to hell. You're going to tell me that God sends people to hell? It's a trick question. It's like there's a, the famous court case where, you know, the attorney tries to ask a, quick, a, a trick question. So when did you stop beating your wife? I never beat my wife. I don't have a wife. <laughs> you know, you're supposed, to, like you're supposed to answer the question. Jesus doesn't send anybody to hell. He made a way. And Jesus is the way now. He's the, how can we escape? Jesus Christ, you know, that's what he's telling these early Christian Jews. Listen, Jesus is the way. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If Jesus is the Son of God, and he is, then he has the last word. We have the oracle spoken through the angels. Now we have Jesus Christ. How can we escape? How can we escape? The dangerous thing, we drift away, we turn back. Going back to what? Going back to the things that were a picture of Christ. The lamb that they sacrificed every year, the day of atonement on Passover, was just a picture of Christ. Everything was a picture of Christ. How can we escape? We can't escape by drifting away. We can't escape by neglecting the only way. And that's Jesus Christ. And just keep in mind, he is not writing to unbelievers. This is a letter for believers. He's not encouraging unbelievers. He's encouraging Christians to not drift away. Do not leave this salvation. Salvation is twofold. It's twofold. It is provided for all. God forbid that any should perish. For all, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that whoever, whoever believes in him is not the selected few. God forbid that any should perish. And that's for everyone, regardless of the, the theology of hyper-Calvinism, those that were predestined. God created you to go to hell. God created some to go to heaven. God created some to go to hell. No, God forbid that any should perish, but that all come to Christ. So it, it's twofold. It, it's provided for all people. Secondly, it is applied for those who receive salvation through Christ. It is, notice what he says here. It is, do not neglect this great salvation for Christians. Otherwise, he just said, do not reject the salvation. There's a difference. So he's talking to Christians, do not neglect this salvation. Salvation is important. Do not drift away. Do not drift away. There are warnings Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. This is what he says. Work out your own 
salvation. Not your little daughter, not your son, not your mother, not Aunt Susie. Your own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Don't drift away. It's not saying work towards salvation. You're saved. But there is your part in this relationship. There is your part in this relationship. Drifting away. There are warnings. And there's a reason why there's warnings. It's because we can drift away. When we look at this drifting away and neglecting, the first thing that comes in mind, I, now I didn't plan to go this angle, but I think it's important. When it comes to eternal security, there is this saying that said, once saved, always saved. When someone says that, I ask them, what do you mean by once saved, always saved? I have a problem with that term. I have no problem in the word of God and eternal security. I am secure in Christ. I am secure because I accept him. Because of Christ, I'm secure. I don't have it up there, but in Romans 8, verse 38, you could take this and you know, write this down, Romans 8, 38. For he said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. John chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus said, and I give them eternal life, that they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. That's the promises of God on his end. When you gave your life to the Lord, you had a free will. That free will you still have while you're born again. You have a free will. You can walk away from the Lord. You can drift away from the Lord. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, they have departed from the faith. In order to depart from something, that means you had to be a part of something. And I know there are two views because some people will say, I'm of the view that you can't lose your salvation because of God, but you can walk away from your salvation. Because the two, the verses that I just gave you is one. But then you have other verses. You know, I've come across people who are sold out. Once saved, always saved, no matter what. You say the sinner's prayer, that's it, you're saved. Tag, you're it. You're going to heaven. And then you live your life any way you want. Any way you please. And then you ask, I, sometimes I ask people, and it's sad. Say, so, yeah, no, I went to a church like five years ago. And they made an altar call. I came up. I think I am safe. Really? Where have you been five years? What have you, do- how have you done for those five years? And it breaks my heart because you have false teachings like this. Eternal security, yes. God is faithful. No one can snap- snatch you out of his hand. Nothing can separate you from God. Me, angels, nothing. But you can walk away from God. God, you're not gonna, God's not going to say, I'm sorry, Lord, I accept you. Yeah, I got baptized as a part of church, part of ministry. I've been confirmed, whatever it is. I did the Christian dance. I spoke Christian needs. You know, I did all the things, right? But you know what, Lord? I don't believe this anymore. Yeah, I've been drifting away, and, and I, found some, I found another God. You think God's going to say, oh, no, sorry, you're with me. You don't have a free will if that's the case. 
People would say, well, and here's their reasoning. Because I spoke with some people really, they love the Lord, they're solid, Bible degrees, all kinds of stuff. And I asked them the question, simple question. What if one accepts Jesus Christ, been baptized, been, and all of a sudden became a satanic priest? You know what the answer I got? God's going to kill him. Okay, can you, first of all, that's really not the grace of God. You know, I think God would try it as long as, you know, there's times where God would give up, just like, um, you remember Pharaoh? Where it says God hardened his heart the first time he hardened his heart, Pharaoh over and over, and then God confirmed it. When it's, it looks like, well, God hardened his heart. That's why, no, God confirmed his heart from the very beginning. He said he knew that he wasn't going to change. They're just people. It's, it's the facts. Some people will not accept Christ. God's not going to force. He, okay, you, you made your, your decision. You made your point. And so they'll say, well, they were never saved to begin with. And you know that because, how do you know that? Externally, I can pretty much tell somebody's a Christian or not. But still, even with that, I don't know. For example, perfect example, what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23? Just write it down. Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. He didn't say, those are saved, that's it, born again. No, does the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? That's a credible gift. Cast out demons in your name. Wow. Resumes looking really good. Better than yours and mine, all of us put together. And had done many wonders in your name. Wow. I think that person should go to heaven. But what did Jesus say in verse 23? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. It says this, Let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. He says, The Lord knows. The Lord knows those who are His. Who knows? God knows. God knows. I hate to mention a name, but we knew of a, a great apologist. Well-known, wrote many, many books. Spoken at universities. And at his death, his life just was exposed. We'll be surprised who's going to be in heaven. That atheist that you think would never come to Christ would probably be in heaven. Because in his last breath, he repented of his sin and accepted Jesus Christ, Lord, a personal Savior. The man on the cross, perfect. I, I'm so grateful. God already knew he planned it just to show that if a man on the cross dying his last breath, say, Jesus, remember me. He's talking to a man that's hanging on the cross, considered a curse. A man that never went to church. A man that probably never called on God. A man that was never baptized. Jesus said, for this day, you and me shall be in paradise. We're going to be surprised. So the one saved, always saved, is a dangerous terminology or phrase. When someone says that, understand, yeah, based on Jesus, Jesus is faithful. He's going to keep me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. But I can leave him. Read Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. 
talks about Israel, nine, Israel past, 10, Israel's present, and 11, his future. And there Paul talks about Israel, and he said that we're grafted in. You remember we're grafted in? The tree is Israel. And we, Gentiles, are the wild olive trees. We're being grafted in. That's great. But what this Paul says, yeah, you Gentiles are being grafted in. Do not be hoardy. Uh, be careful because what's holding you the root. But just as some branches was cut off because of unbelief, so can you. Read, uh, read what Christ talked about to abide in the vine, John chapter 15. So it's a dangerous to think that, okay, he said the sinner's prayer and he can live his life as he pleases. I think that is a danger. So it's a scary thing. There is warnings in the Bible and drifting away is one of them. Drifting away, again, is a drifting. It starts off with a little process. When it, this is why we have spiritual problems in our relationship. This is why we're up and down. We're like a seesaw. We're like a tumbleweed. We're just, wherever the wind blows us, you have no root. We go to the shore. We, get, we go into the ocean, try to surf. You come back. You, you, can't, you can't stay. Because why? We haven't anchored into the Lord. We haven't anchored to Christ and to his word. We neglect his word. We neglect prayer. We neglect devotional time. We neglect our time of worship. We neglect the gathering of the saints. What happens? We start to drift away. It's a warning. The Bible is filled with warning. Because if it's the secure, as some would say, the once saved or was saved taught, then why do we heed the warnings? What are the warnings? As a matter of fact, Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is the most important chapter for the church because God gives a report card of all these seven churches. And these are the things we need to look at because he's coming. And then at the end of all those churches to the church of Ephesus, Sardis, Philadelphia, right? What does he say? He who overcomes. He's giving a warning. Get things right. Repent. Go back to where you came from. You have left your, left your first love. Why is all that written? If it doesn't matter, God could have just wrote one book, maybe one chapter, maybe five verses, says you're secure. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. Don't mock God. Don't be deceived. Work out your salvation with fear and tremble because if it's the security that they talk about, the one saved always saved, then why do we have to take care of fear and tremble? Saints, don't be deceived. This is why we're studying the Word of God. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, 
Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.